You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. Welcome to Voluntary Vixens, where Jesse and Maddie give a female voice to news and pop culture with a libertarian twist. Join us to stay informed and challenged while keeping it sane, peaceful, and most importantly, voluntary. Well, good evening, good day, wherever you find yourselves. This is the Voluntary Vixens podcast, and I'm your host, Maddie, joined by my lovely rockin' mom co-host, Jesse. Hello. And we want to talk about the most important females in our lives and sort of touch on the idea of Mother's Day from our libertarian perspective. Might not be something you get to hear on <laughs> your average podcast, so we figured we'd, we'd do our part. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and come to you from where we're sitting. Jesse, it was Mother's Day yesterday, so you being the mother of us two... How'd you guys celebrate? What'd you guys do? Well, we really didn't do a whole lot. I just woke up and my husband said that I need to check my email because <laughs> he got me something. He got me a <laughs> um, an Amazon gift card because he knows I love Amazon. Nice. I'm an Amazon fangirl mm-hmm. for sure. So he did good. Both the kids, you know, they had already made me their Mother's Day cards and stuff from school. So... Sonia has actually a really good Mother's Day painting that she did at daycare, mm-hmm. and I'll I'll post it on my private Instagram, but it's really good with how she did it. She's very photogenic, too, by the way, so. You made good babies. <laughs> yeah, I made beautiful babies, so, and then I went to church. Amen. That's pretty much what we did on Mother's Day. It just kind of was a family day. Very nice. Yeah, I spent a lot of a uh, good... Good mom time this weekend, hanging out at home. I'm lucky that, you know, she's only 30 minutes down the road. Perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love you, mom. Actually, my mom's awesome, and she listens to this podcast, so. <laughs> my mom does, too. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really, I think that when you have a good mom that's in your life, it makes, I don't know, you just it kind of grounds you, and especially if, as a female, when you have a good woman figure in your life it really helps you navigate life a lot better i'm really thankful for the you know the women that i had growing up you know my grandmothers and my my mother my dad's mom passed away when i was little so i didn't get a whole lot of time with her but she was definitely a a character so in my own family my mom has always been the breadwinner you know that's just a fact it is what it is it's not like i'm saying my dad doesn't bring ton of things to the table, including all his time, attention, generosity, thoughtfulness, and the acts of service. That's definitely his love language that he's brought to my my family and to my mother in particular. But so like having my mom be kind of a very important figurehead in my family, it's inspired me to be a lot more headstrong than maybe I would have without that example. I'm very ambitious. Uh, if anybody knows me, I am probably doing way too much at the same time. <laughs> you know, a couple jobs, a couple side hustles. I'm starting a podcast without having any time. <laughs> I'm a bit crazy, but, um, you know, I make it all work and I'm able to be passionate about all the different things I do. And I think that's because I was always greatly encouraged by her, by my other incredible family members, including... You know, my grandmother was also at dinner last night, and I showed her 
how to get access to my podcast. Uh, so <laughs> my grandmother will be checking me out. So another reason for me to watch my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> but then, and speaking of grandmothers that um, are no longer with us, I did lose one, my dad's mom this year, and she, we... I could understand her, I think, a lot more than, a lot better than maybe some other people in my family might have just because I could see so much of myself in her. And so me being like this biology nerd, just like obsessed with genetics, it's just amazing to sort of see how other people's lives played out ahead of me and before me and how their traits find their way in me. Me being a non-parent and having this utter fascination with genetics and biology and life and humanity and just how it all works. It's just like, I don't know. I guess I have a lot of cool things to look forward to. But I wanted to ask you, Jesse, since you are the actual mother here, parenting as a libertarian. I'm not really sure when we showed your, um, when you shared your backstory, I can't remember where your kids kind of fell in, but I guess wanted to sort of see if uh, things have changed since you've had kids or sort of like how things have progressed, what you've learned. I know for sure that when I met my husband before we had kids, I think I had just recently at that point knew I was the libertarian. Like I had come out of the closet. So I knew, <laughs> I knew that I was coming, coming out of the peaceful closet. <laughs> yeah. I knew that, that was going to have an impact on how I raised my kids. I just didn't know quite exactly how, that was going to happen. You know, I've come from very strong personalities of women. My grandmother on my mom's side is a nurse herself, and she's very intelligent and bossy, I will say. But actually bossy. She's actually bossy, but in a but you know, honestly, she's almost always right when she's trying to tell you to do something cuz she knows what she's talking about. And my mother is very smart too. She was a history major. She's had got her master's in library science. She worked for a she worked for an, a government agency for a long time, which a lot of library science people do because they have to have access to a lot of data. And mm. she's for that time, she's really good with computers, more so than most women her age. And my grandmother, my dad's side, she was she had six kids. They lived on a farm. So she was the the matron of the house. She ran the house. She didn't necessarily go off to school, but she was, I think she always wanted to. She told my dad he needed to go and get his engineering degree. And that's what he did. So we have a lot of engineers in my family because of her, I think, because she knew what needed to be done. But she also had a very raw sense of humor too with the kids like they that's important there's a lot of stories about like just the way that she would threaten her kids if they were out of line like she would say something like if you don't do this right now i'm gonna rip your arm off and beat you with the bloody stump (laughs) things like that (laughs) and uh good yes (laughs) but they you know it was one of those things where she was a lot more she was a lot more bite or a lot of more bark than her bite because she was a very loving woman. She would do anything for her kids and her grandkids, but she just had a real just cutting sense of humor that a lot of us ended up getting too. So that's, if you ever go to one of our family reunions, it's, it's pretty hilarious actually. (laughs) No, that sounds a lot like my family, actually, my mom in particular. It's like, she is the nicest, most like generous, just like, ah, 
everybody, she's the kind of aunt that wants, everybody wants her to be at the family function. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have any grandkids of her own yet, so, you know, she's the super aunt, as, of course, she will she would be. Duh. Super mom, super aunt. I know she'll be a fantastic grandmother. She's already super awesome to my cats. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Howard and Rue appreciate it. But, yeah, she's also, like, the one that will cut you to the bone so quickly, so precisely, so just in and out, and day- could ruin your day. Like, she doesn't want to, but don't make her because she will yeah yeah it's like that kind of thing though is i was raised in a family of like a lot of tough love but it's one of those things where if we make fun of you it means we like you yeah if we don't make fun of you that's when you should probably be worried you know it means we don't want to upset you and we think you're soft and you probably can't handle it i don't know we can work with you yeah that's how (laughs) my family if you're willing to work with us and willing to laugh about it you know we've all had to (laughs) get through some horrendous childhood jokes and uh, bad haircuts and um, funny outfits, but come out with laughs on top. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's the thing about our family. You can't be very sensitive and go into a reunion unprepared because you're going to not know how to take a lot of our stuff. But for the most part, I think we've been really successful. Whenever we introduce people into the, the fold, they end up having a good time and enjoying our functions so but they had a mate I think that that had a big impact on the way that I parent my kids probably more so than libertarian stuff because mm-hmm. I just always want to have a sense of humor about it and I always want to be able to laugh things off and but at the same time you know show my kids like you know this is what you avoid this is what we want you to do as far as behavior I know that there's a big movement within the liberty movement about peaceful parenting and I haven't really, I mean, I always thought, well, of course, I'm going to be peaceful, a peaceful parent, but I'm a sarcastic mom, too. So it's like I joke around with my kids and I don't threaten to rip their arms off or anything like that. But, you know, I don't know, that might come up later. But I know that the big thing is, is just that I try to, I know the genetics that my kids are, are going to inherit. <laughs> so I... They, they are both, both my kids are going, are already starting to show signs that they're very independent thinkers. They want, they don't want to be told what to do, which is how I was. Mm-hmm. And I try to, instead of push against that so much, like hap- what happened to me when I was young, I try to respect that independence, but at the same time say, okay, this is the, this is not the time and place, you know? There are rules here. I have these rules because I'm trying to keep you safe, A, B, and C. But I expect to have pushback, I guess. So it's it's not too surprising. But there's definitely times when we, when I have to take a time out and regroup so I don't end up being not peaceful to my children, if that makes sense. <laughs> no, I think it definitely does. I mean, that's obviously a whole nother world I haven't even entered into yet, but it definitely is something I think about. And, um, you know, especially knowing and understanding the arguments in the peaceful parenting movement, mm-hmm. Stephen Molyneux done, has done incredible work and has put forth a lot of good ideas. And I really think there is a lot of value to those ideals and to raise in with that in mind, raise children with that in mind. And it, you know, fits in with a lot of the way I just think I was raised myself. Yeah. But also how 
I think, you know, we should treat other people, whether they're adults, whether they're children. I think it goes a long way. And I think research has showed that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's just like a, a sadly an unexplored, unexplored territory. Like, what kind of children are we going to raise if we actually treat them a little bit more like adults and like, would you hit or threaten or just denigrate another adult and not expect some kind of horrible outcome, whether yeah. uh, it's it comes back to you or not. Yeah, I think that's a big thing is that you have to look at your children. Sometimes it's hard to because they just look like they look like cute little dolls sometimes. And then you're watching them turn into Chucky and you have to remember that they are going to be future adults and they're and how you talk to them and how you treat them will be things that they remember. When I listen to my dad or my uncles and aunts talk about my grandmother when they were little and how she would joke around and be real like vulgar or really just, um, I don't want to know if vulgar is the word I'm trying to think of, but she was just real raw in her sense of humor. They laugh about it because they know that at the end of the day, she tucked them in in bed, gave them kisses at night that they had special things that they did for their birthdays and things like that. So it's always a balance, I think. And it's hard. It's, there's no manual that tells you exactly how to do that. You have to tailor your parenting to the your child, you know. What works for one child will not work on the other. I can tell you right now because both of my <laughs> kids, you know, the, the older one, my daughter, is completely just different than my son. And how they, their, their temperament is just different. You know, my son is so much more easygoing and he's such a sweetheart. And, you know, for the most part, he just wants to be held and cuddled and, you know, played with. Whereas Sonia wants, you know, I made the joke when I was pregnant with her that I was going, that I was about, I was pregnant with the first female dictator of North America. That was my joke. (laughs) And it, it turned on me because that turned into a curse because, like, that's what she wants to be sometimes. She wants to be, like, the dictator of the house. She's literally told me before, too, like, before we go somewhere, I was, like, I was about to drop her off at my parents' house for something and I had all these rules and she just said, I'm sorry, Mom, but you are not in control. Whoa. <laughs> at least she said sorry. That's interesting. And I just laughed. I mean, and maybe this was mean, but I just kind of laughed at her and I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, like, kind of like one of those like, sure. <laughs> All right. I don't know. I think that's, I imagine I'll be using humor similarly because the one thing I am maybe a little bit nervous about in terms of when I become a mom is um, I tend to just treat kids like they're people and not like they're kids so i may i maybe over assume um what they can handle sometimes in terms of like conversation or um jokes or suggestions or sarcasm i i tend to use a lot of sarcasm mm-hmm. <laughs> so i'm like how is that how on earth is that going to translate to my kids i mean besides i think i was always i've always been like a little bit of a 40 year old um, because I think in some ways that's, I was always uh, around uh, my aunts, my uncles, older cousins, and th- even the cousins my age, like we all were always with the adults. And so I think because I was always treated like an adult, I have a hard time treating children like they're children. Well, 
I'm like I'm like that too. I I was like that too. In fact, I was an only child, so whatever. And my cousins all lived out of state, so I would you know would go out of state to go hang out with my cousins, which was a treat. But everyday life, I was always hanging out with older people. So it is hard. Sometimes my husband will have to remind me like. Uh, they don't understand that word and I'll because I'll just like say a big adult word and they don't you know they're looking at me with blank eyes like what did I don't understand I have to remember sometimes that they are just learning how to how to speak some of them so maybe I don't need to start off with like you know college words right away but I also don't think it's a bad thing either because it kind of forces them at an early age to start learn like you learning how to put big words in a sentence and kind of they can infer what you're what you mean. So that may not necessarily be a bad thing. But like I said, I mean, every every parent is going to do things differently. And if you try to have a hard and fast rule about stuff, your kids are going to just steamroll over all that and ruin it for you. So you just might as well just be a little flexible and just kind of go with the flow. That sounds like the only way to approach it and stay sane um, and and hopefully peaceful. Um, <laughs> you know, if we're still thinking about that. I mean, rolling with the punches and um, sort of, ex- I think a big part of that might be like accepting the child for who they are yep. and not who you might want them to be or who you thought they were going to be. And I mean... I'm probably very different. I don't know. I mean, I'll have to ask her sometime. I would say it's a delicate balance of, a, of accepting the child for who they are and what they present to you. But at the same time, knowing that they're just children. So that might, that idea may change and, and it may turn into something else as they grow older. You know, their identity is going to always be changing throughout their life. What they think is cool when they're five is not going to be the same thing when they're 15 Thank God. (laughs) Yeah. Which is, uh, you know, which kind of segues me into thinking about like the whole transgendered movement thing. You know, it's just you don't necessarily want to make or force your child into making decisions that will impact them. And they they can't change when they when their genes, when their uh, hormones kick in and everything's their mind may change about things over time. So, you, you know, you just have to kind of without giving them too much power let them kind of lead you in the direction that they that they are going in as they grow up, you know, so that they they're showing you what their personality is and their uniqueness. And you don't want to squash that. But at the same time, you don't want them going in and, you know, you don't want to walk in the room and they're like shooting up and, you know, you're supposed to be okay with that. So yeah, I'd say that's past the line of okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you probably want to honey. Honey, what did I tell you about the heroin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's a delicate balance, I say. As are most things. I think anything, you know, worth worth having or worth fighting for is going to be something like it's going to require a difficult, like a internal battle, finding that balance. And I just think like finding that balance and the moms that can pull it off, like you seem to do an excellent job in finding that balance. Like I know you work full time. You're a nurse, and then you also have two kids, and you also still have a life. I, I wonder, like, sometimes, like, how am I going to be able to do all that? It's not easy. And the thing is, like, I've I've gone through so many changes in my career as, I, as being a mom, because um, I was working 12-hour shifts in a hospital, 
when I first uh, was pregnant with my daughter and and after I, I had her, I was still working in a hospital. And I did that for probably maybe another year after I had her. Then it was just, I told my husband, I just, I didn't want to do it anymore because 12 hour shifts is a long time to work. It's and, a long day. <laughs> yeah. I was working nights at first and then I went to days because I thought by working days, I'll be on the same schedule as everybody else and I'll get to see them more. But what I found out is whenever you work a 12 hour shift in a hospital, you never get out when they say that you're going to get out. Sometimes you don't even get out for hours after. Depends on all the stuff you got to finish up. So I would get home and my daughter would already be in bed asleep. I felt like I saw her more when I was working night shift. Anyways, I ended up working. I would end up moving different jobs. Working, I went down to part-time. Right now I work part-time because I have two kids and my son has been diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. So he's got a lot of appointments and things I got to take him to. I just have to, the good thing about my career is I'm able to, there's so many different nursing jobs. I'm able to find something that works. And there's so many women in the field too. I think that a lot of jobs try to tailor, not all, but some try to tailor their hours so that it's for, you know, working moms can kind of can still work, but have time to see their kids. So, so yeah, it's not easy. And if you don't work in a like if you work in a very rigid career, like I'm just, I don't know, I'm trying to think of something off the top of my head. I mean, in my day-to-day job, I work with like these super high-powered female attorneys and like some of them have kids and I'm just like, oh my God, you're emailing me all hours of the night. Yeah. How are you doing this and being a mom and being such a pleasant person? I work with this one woman. She's just like the sweetest person. And, you know, also just uh, was out for a couple months on maternity leave. And when she came back, it was just like as if nothing had ever happened. I, you know, it's just. I couldn't do these it. women that are able to. These women that are able to handle everything, it's just amazing. Yeah. And meanwhile, like, flashing back to, like, one of our earlier episodes, Amy Poehler wanting to be mediocre. It's like, why? Why? When, like... I don't think there's anything mediocre about being a woman be at so all. so fantastic. Yeah. I mean, and there, that reminds me of, like, a quote that I read from um, Zoe Dachanel. Somebody was criticizing her because she always wore dresses all the time, and they were saying that she was so girly. And she said, I don't... What is wrong with being a being girly? Why is that? I love her. She's so cute. I know. And I was like, that's such a good point because we think that, and it's, I don't think men necessarily put this on us. I think it's kind of something we put on ourselves. Like if we're acting feminine and girly, like it's a weak thing. Like there's, I mean, just ask, ask a bunch of women what they think about a stay at home mom. You're going to get a lot of different Mm. answers, you know? And some of them are going to be like, well... She just sits at home all day or, you know, I, I much <laughs> yeah, rather have right. a career than be a stay at home mom. I, I can't handle it. I tried to be a stay at home mom and I could not do it. I mean, I work part time right now and even that is kind of killing me. Like today I was done with all of my errands and everything by 10 o'clock. I was, I was like, do I clean the house now? Like, what do I, I don't know what to do. Cause the kids, I didn't have any kids to watch. They were both <laughs> in school. So, you know, I don't know how women do that. I think if you're a stay at home mom and you can find things to do and you're a crafty mom, you, you do all that kind of like artsy start stuff that with your kids. I mean, like you are a God because I can't, that's not me at all. 
I have a hard time just trying to keep my kids entertained for a few hours. After a while, I've run out of ideas quick because that is just not me. I think that's just the beauty of a stay-at-home mom is that they their minds are able to keep themselves busy and entertained and their children entertained all day. And they love it. You know, that's a good thing. If you want, yeah, no, you know, but if you want, if you can balance work and children, that's also a good thing. I mean, what is wrong with any of that? Just like, you know, me and you talk about being an individual and doing it your way. That's how you have to do it. You have to do what works for your personality. You have to do what fits for you and your family. No, that's definitely true. You know, it's going to, good mothers are going to come in different shapes, forms. And I think that you bring, you make a really good point. Like it is going to be whatever works best for you. And um, because you're able, you're going to be able to be that best person, that best version of yourself, which is going to be the best mother, which is going to be the best environment for your children to grow up in and be humans that join society and aren't a bunch of little mongrels Mm -hmm. (laughs) because you weren't really true to yourself. Yeah, no, I mean, stay at home moms. I don't know how you do it either. They definitely don't just sit around all day. No. I have a cousin who is a stay-at-home mom, and in some ways I, I wish I, I mean, I don't have kids, but, you know, I think about, oh, man, like, I would love to be a stay-at-home mom, and then I'm also like, oh, my goodness, how does she do that? Because she is the most active of all the people I know, and it's just, those kids <laughs> yeah. do everything. They, do, like, okay, like, for me, for example, I can look around my house and I can see a thousand things that I could be doing, but I don't want to. That's the problem with being a stay-at-home mom is I I have to sit at home and look at all the stuff that probably needs to be picked up or probably could be picked up or cleaned or maybe even rearranged. And I'm just thinking, I don't feel like doing that right now, but I have to sit there and stare at it now because I'm thinking about it. It's like sitting home and staring at this big, like, interactive to-do list that (laughs) might not ever get its boxes checked. Yeah. But I think you also made a good point in talking about Zoe and maybe other females, like, downplaying the gift and the beauty of femininity. Like, it's a weak thing or it's something that we Mm -hmm. shouldn't aspire to. Like, why on earth would we want to be masculine? I think, you know, we are this way for a reason we've evolved and developed as such like there's it we're very as humans and as a species and just the world the living world generally it's like all very conservative process things that remain are things that were useful and so mm-hmm. i think it's just silly to downplay our stark differences between mothers and fathers males and females and so to be anything other than what we are I think is a shame and I won't go as far as saying a crime because, you know, (laughs) too many things are considered crimes. Definitely a shame. And I think, again, just goes back to I think everybody should be true to themselves and respect and love themselves (laughs) first so that they are able to share that with other people, including and especially their children. Yeah. I think it's just being feminine is like, there's nothing boring about it or weak about it. Women give birth to children we make all the humans. Yeah, we make the human race, like, with, well, with <laughs> men's help. But we literally, of course, like, carry it in us for, like, months and birth it out. So we take on that burden. And the thing is about that is I I don't think there's anything bad about that either. I don't see anything, like, when I was pregnant with my kids, and I will tell you, when I, if you had met me when I was in my 20s, you would have thought, 
I would never have kids. The way I talked about motherhood, the way I talked about being married, the way I talked about, I mean, I was a feminist, I guess. I just didn't call myself that, but I thought all that stuff was stupid. I never wanted to have kids. And, um, and then something happened when I met my husband and I realized, you know, I do. And I think I was Mm -hmm. on that road, that pathway before I met him, but he, he solidified it for me. But I think that, I guess the, I think the big thing is, is that being pregnant with your child, with your children, when you find out that you're pregnant with them, there's such a bond that just begins the moment that you find out. And as you feel that that child growing inside of you and getting bigger and moving, you you develop a relationship with that child. The father, he's not going to have that until after the baby's born. So I think that that's something that women will always have that's unique is we bond with that thing, that baby, at the moment that we know that we're pregnant. So it's it's just a, I don't even know how to explain it. Some people would call it like a spiritual thing. I mean, I just think that it's a natural, I mean, it's a biological function. We, we, it's to keep our, our babies protected and in the womb until time of birth. That's something that just is innate in us that we do that, which I think is kind of funny because right around the time that mother, Mother's Day hit, Alyssa Milano had a tweet that came out. Like, what was it? Oh, Saturday or Friday? I can't remember. I don't think it was right on I Mother's think it was Day. Saturday. Yeah. I don't remember it being right on Mother's Day, which that would have been really bad in taste, but it still was kind of bad. But she put a tweet out and it's been getting a lot of circulation. And it says, Our productive reproductive rights are being erased until women have legal control over our own bodies. We just cannot risk pregnancy. Join me by not having sex until we get bodily autonomy back. I'm calling for a hashtag sex strike. Pass it on. And there's just been a lot of, I mean, a lot of memes made about this. And other celebrities have come out in support. Like, who else came out? I can't remember. I honestly don't know because I've only seen mockery of, (laughs) of her tweet and her statement. Yeah, honestly, like, I don't know who is supporting that because, I don't know, it's like she wrote her own joke. Yeah. Like... I mean, Alyssa, Alyssa, do you not realize that the whole movement, the whole pro-life movement has been basically telling, been trying to get you guys to do this? <laughs> Abstinence is what it's called. We've been trying to get you guys to do this so that you don't have to have an abortion. It's pretty, yeah, pretty common it's an sense. Option. Yeah. But to say that we don't have autonomy over our own bodies. I mean, we do. I mean, there's. There's literal states right now that are basically saying it's okay to abort a child at the time of delivery. Yes. So. If not right afterwards. Yeah. And that's called infanticide. Yeah. That's not abortion at that point. Which, I mean, I just felt that was the timing of that was really. In poor taste. Yeah. To say the least. And I mean. And just dumb. Any woman who's ever been pregnant. And let's say they gave birth to the child full term or they lost the child through miscarriage. I mean, can you just imagine having read that? That would just be awful Um, because you would give anything to have your child and they're not with you. And then you read her tweet and you just 
you know, that's just, I don't know. That was just tacky. Very tacky, but also thankful that um, she's not going to have sex. Yeah. Like, cool. Like, good. If you want to spread that message on to everybody else, like, just, you know, go ahead. That's what needs to happen. Because, I mean, sex is literally for procreation. So if you don't want to have a baby, then you probably shouldn't have sex. Yeah, I mean, mean, it's not casual, loose, um, Yeah, what you think is going to be inconsequential sex. uh, Yeah. goes back to the biology. It's like, it literally is what it is. (laughs) So. Yep. So, I just thought that was interesting that that was chosen, that this this weekend was the weekend that she chose to put that out there. And I love how everybody just kind of made memes about it and were like, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> like that's what we wanted to finally that's, that's what we've been wanting you to do forever glad you got the message yeah and i will say though i have friends that have had abortions when they were young and then since then have had children or you know moved on with their life and so i don't think that if you've had an abortion or something like that there's something wrong with you that you're an evil person no but i think i would say that from here on out you know maybe think about it you know, it's not the best choice as far as birth control goes. Do the sex strike, but I don't, I, I don't judge anybody for doing that because I think that especially young women today, when I was growing up, there's just, you just don't know what, you don't have a whole lot of people to come to and talk to about some of these things. And you just make these decisions because you're not thinking it all through. So don't beat yourself up and don't think that I'm sitting here judging you because I'm not. Nope. I don't, I don't think Maddie is either. I'm not. I definitely know people that have, again, have in their younger age and former selves have gone through with that procedure and then have had children since and they're great mothers Yep. fantastic mothers and um you know they, i'm glad that they have this opportunity to be mothers at this point but yeah i think you know i don't know what they might think looking back on certain things i think I, life should be celebrated yes and that's a big thing and children for sure are blessings if you are so lucky that you're blessed with children then you know congratulations to you we just wanted to make a short little episode today just to think about all our mothers and all our women out there in the liberty movement and beyond and beyond and beyond i guess we're going to end it here and say good night happy belated mother's day tell everyone where they can find us oh yeah you can find us on twitter at vixens voluntary mm-hmm. we are on instagram voluntary vixens and then we also have an email if you want to send us any questions or any tips or things you would like us to cover you can always email us at voluntaryvixens at gmail.com and when i get a chance i'm going to try to get us set up with a patreon because we're going to try to help cam out for he does all the editing for Super our show awesome editing skills yeah so we need to reimburse him for all the hard work because he also has a full-time job and he's got a family a bunch of kids <laughs> and he also has his own podcast that he has to edit so and then also i guess we want to put a thank out thank you out to to jason for our our lovely artwork yep thank you yeah we've got a great team oh and you can also find us on all podcast areas anywhere you can find podcasts you can reach us itunes stitcher google podcasts all all the yeah. all the things we also have a website we're on the make liberty great again podcast network so you can find us on there 
uh, website. And that's pretty much it. Toodaloo, guys. Have a wonderful night. Until next time, keep it sane. Keep it peaceful. Most importantly, let's keep it voluntary. Voluntary.